You are listening to a proper DBE podcast hosted by Georgia Abrams and brought to you by the Daughters of the British Empire. British Empire is a 501c3 nonprofit American Society of Women of British or Commonwealth birth or ancestry, sharing and promoting our heritage while supporting local charities and our senior living facilities across the US. Good afternoon and welcome to episode seven of A Proper DBE Podcast. You may have noticed that there was not a new episode last Sunday, and that's because we've moved into a regular release schedule with new episodes coming out every other week, as well as some bonuses around the holidays or special occasions. I do have one announcement today. It's back to school time, and that means the deadline for the Sarah Josephine Langstaff Memorial Scholarship is around the corner. Eligible recipients are female students 18 or older enrolled in an accredited two- or four-year college or university with a GPA of 3.0 or higher and cannot be a member of the DBE. For more information, you can visit the scholarship tab on our website, dbenational.org, or you can contact your local chapter. If your chapter or state has an upcoming event and you'd like to hear an announcement here on the podcast, you can send an email to podcast at dbenational.org. Now, on to today's show. You don't have to get out the fine china, but you should certainly pour yourself a cup of tea and get comfortable. Did you know the most expensive tea set sold at auction? went for 541,250 pounds in 2012. While our members probably don't have anything worth quite that much, many of us have teapots or tea sets with their own unique stories. Today we'll be hearing a few of those. So let's hear who we have joining us. I'm Iris Serban. I'm the National President, finishing up next year, 2022, after three years. My chapter is Sandringham Chapter in Florida, in the St. Petersburg area. I've been a member in that chapter all the time for almost 40 years. We've had more members than what we have right now. We're losing some and gaining some, as as most of the chapters are. And unfortunately, some chapters are folding because of age and not being able to get someone new. My name is Rilla Chaka, uh, which is a Czech name. My mom was born in London and my dad was born in Ireland. So I'm first-generation American. I've been a DBE member for over 50 years in Texas all the time. I'm currently in Ascot Chapter in Round Rock, Texas, which is in the center of the state. And my position with the DBE at the moment is Southern District Organizer. Uh, My name is Diane Jones. I joined the DBE in 2000 when I moved to Knoxville, Tennessee. I actually never found the DBE in all the other states I've lived. So I'm very grateful for the fact that Knoxville, Tennessee is where I started my um, membership in the DBE. I'm from um, St. Albans in Hertfordshire, just north of London. I have served as um, many roles in the DBE. My um, chapter is Centre Court in Knoxville, but currently I'm serving as the National Treasurer. These ladies have some wonderful stories, so let's just get straight into it. 
I would like to share a story about a very special tea set. My mother was the youngest of six and her eldest sister, Violet, was born in 1907. In 1936, she married Alan Ferguson, who was the chief engineer for the Straits Steamship Company. They had met on his first leave while holidaying in the Isle of Man. The majority of their married life was spent in Singapore. And I remember as a child in the 50s and 60s, them coming home for visits, always bringing wonderful presents for my sister and I, including beautiful China dolls, which we cherished for many years. I also remember that my sister and I were always a little in awe of Auntie Vi. She invariably dressed in tweed skirts and blouses and never left the house without her hair looking perfect and her red lipstick on. She was a force to be reckoned with. In November of 1940, after one of their visits to England, they set sail back to Singapore on a ship called the Otemadon. On the morning of November 11th, 1940, the ship was captured by the Germans and many of the crew, including the captain, were killed in the skirmish. But fortunately, all the passengers were safe, but they were taken prison by the Germans. They were immediately transferred to a German ship called the Atlantis and told to take some of their belongings and that they would be taken to a colder climate. From all accounts, my auntie was very distressed that she was leaving behind her two chests that contained many of her belongings, including a very dainty and delicate tea set. Her panic grew when she was told that the Otemadon was more than likely going to be sunk. She bravely approached the German captain of the Atlantis, Captain Roguet, and without the slightest idea that this action would end up greatly helping the enemy, asked him to permit someone to look for her luggage, which was in the storeroom on the ship. Roguet was compassionate by nature and did not hide the fact that he had an affinity for the English and in fact had many English friends. Perhaps Roguet was shrivelous and willing to risk danger in battlefield for the sake of a lady's request. And ultimately he did send one of his crew, Moore, accompanied by one of the British crew, second mate Donald Stewart, to search and retrieve her belongings. Unbeknownst to Moore or Roguet, the luggage was kept in the strong room with the official mailbags that contained sensitive documents entrusted by the British government and the military. Stuart knew this and did all he could to prevent Moore from discovering the mailbags, but to no avail. Every piece of my auntie's luggage was transferred to the Atlantis, but now national secrets had fallen into the hands of the Germans. Auntie Vi spent two years in an internment camp, Limonar, in Germany, separated from her husband, Alan, who was held at Milag, 300 kilometres to the north. She did return home safely in 1943 to England. Almost two years after repatriation, Uncle Alan was released for health reasons and they did reunite in England. Many years later, when she was widowed and living back to England, her chests were returned to her. <laughs> Auntie Vi died peacefully in her sleep at 96. In 2003, my mother, who at the time was 82, received a phone call and subsequently a visit from Mr. Ijai Seiki, who had been a member of the Japanese Foreign Service 
from 1953 to 1992. He was writing a book about the Automedon, which was the ship they were sailing in back to Singapore. And after a long search, had located my mother, who was Auntie Vi's only surviving sibling. She was able to provide him with photos of Violet and Alan. They had long conversations about her sister and brother-in-law. And most importantly, he was able to see the tea set in person, which had been in one of the chests that my aunt so desperately had wanted to retrieve before the boat was sunk. The book was published and is called Mrs. Ferguson's Tea Set, Pan and the Second World War. And in the preface, it says, one of the most significant conclusions to be drawn from this fascinating story that is relived in this book is how chance impacts on the outcome of conflict. Had not Mrs. Violet Ferguson, who was on board the automaton at the time of its capture, asked for the trunk containing her precious tea set to be saved. The German crew would never have been led to the discovery of the British government's most secret report on Japan's participation in the war. And where is this tea set today? It sits in a cabinet in my home in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I will say without reservation that it is truly delicate, beautiful, and so very special. And will always remind me of such a wonderful lady, Mrs. Violet Ferguson, my auntie Vi. Oh, how interesting. But do you say that it took like years for her to get the chest back? Years, years, wow. yes, years. They finally came back from Singapore um, to live in England. And my Uncle Alan died quite, oh, he was in his 70s, I believe. And some years later, all of a sudden, she got a phone call and they were delivered to her years and years later. That's amazing. I mean, it is amazing. Name, yeah. With the little name tag on them. <laughs> And, and truly, my auntie Vi was a force to be reckoned with. She was. Uh, actually, I, was, I would have said I was more intimidated than in awe, I think. I was, she <laughs> she um, had one child. Well, she, had a, she didn't have any children, but there was one baby that was born stillborn, so they didn't. And so um, my mother was the youngest of six. My auntie Vi would come home. We would lo love the presence, but always felt like we needed to go in another room because if you spoke out of turn, my auntie Vi was children will be seen and not heard sort of generation. Um, but she was amazing, um, amazing, amazing lady. But I honestly don't think she knew this about this particular situation. Because oh, she not. never mentioned it. And she died at 96. Mr. Seeky turned up at my mother's doorstep in 2003. So <laughs> bless her little heart. But anyway, so yeah, it's fascinating. And so, of course, my I have an autographed book that he was a charming man, didn't speak terribly good English, but somehow or other, my mother and he struck up a, um, a wonderful conversation. And when she passed away, he reached out to me. He was a very, my mother, I should say, he was very sweet. So, yeah, it's an interesting book. I mean, it's quite involved, obviously, um, a lot more to it. But there's lots of pictures in there of my aunt and uncle in the internment camps that my mother provided to him and lots of other things. So anyway, that's my story of my tea set. Do you use it? Well, no, it's tiny. I would have to show you a picture. Um, it's tiny. Um, and 
it's an heirloom. Right. Um, so I'll pass it on to my daughter. I thought about donating it to a history museum, actually, because, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm not ready to give it up yet. Oh, no, of course not. Of course not. But also that the, the, the gentleman from Japan was interested in this obscure little ship that was sunk or captured and sunk. And then wrote yeah, a and he, for some reason, there was a lot more about that ship. Um, and and again, the, the secrets that were in that mailbag were a lot related to the Japanese's involvement in the war. So that's probably why. But he's written other books and um, he's uh, um, a, a wonderful author. So, but like I say, I'm, I don't know how many of these it's sold, but I've got one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, my story is... is not anywhere close to as exciting and, and filled with intrigue as yours has, um, but it's also a dainty tea set. Where is it? Uh, Aww. The, I, I use sparingly, you know, the children don't touch type of thing. Um, Beautiful. It's, and, and it's got the gold leaf. I don't know if you could see it on there with uh, the handle. The, the top, the handle of the teapot all around the bottom rim and everything has got the gold leaf on it. But um, as I said, my mother was born in uh, Lewisham in England, in South London, and she was a twin. And her mother was the youngest of eight, but the only one that had any children. So um, they were rather doted on by all their aunts. And, and, and by the time my mother was born, it was only aunts left. Her uncles had, uh, except for one, her uncles had been killed during the First World War. But anyway, so the next sister up in age was Auntie Jan. So Auntie Jan um, lived in London as well. And so she saw the girls all the time. Well, around somewhere in the mid twenties, Princess Louise, who is the youngest daughter of Queen Victoria, was um, her health was not the best that it could be. So the um, palace wanted to add a nurse to her retinue. Uh, so Auntie Jan became a lady in waiting to Princess Louise at Kensington Palace. And she did whatever nurses do for old elderly people. But um, she would take the girls, the twins to the palace to have tea with Princess Louise on occasion. And so they, you know, they dutifully went and, and all dressed up proper and, and everything else and had their uh, the tea with the princess. And at some point, the princess gave this tea set to the girls. Oh, so it's, it's a two cup teapot. Um, and then it has a cup, two cups and saucers and a creamer and a sugar. So the girls had this, uh, the tea service. And then, of course, as life went on and they grew up, they split up and went their own merry ways. But somewhere along the way, um, my mother it got the set instead of my aunt. So my mother got it. I think what happened is when my grandmother died in um, 1972 in England, my aunt went to pack up everything. And my mother got this huge chest. I mean, it was six feet long by four feet high by two feet wide. This huge chest came. And I believe the set was in the chest. But anyway, so my mother had it. So then as time went on, my mother decided it needed to go to, you know, the next generation down. So I have it. But it's one of those things where it has such a history to it, but also it's so pretty and so nice that you don't dare use it. Right, exactly. <laughs> but but, um, but anyway, so yes, this is a teapot from Kensington Palace from Princess Louise. And if you didn't know, Princess Louise is the one who... Um, 
she was a sculptor. So the sculpture of Queen Victoria that's in front of Kensington Palace, she did that herself. And there's another one that she did that's in um, Canada because her husband became governor general of Canada. And so they went to Canada and talking about long convoluted stories. Um, there's a chapter, there was a chapter in New York state called the Princess Louise chapter named after Princess Louise. And when I was on the national board from 2007 to 2010, our organizer was at a, uh, she went down to the Camden market and was just browsing around. And she found this quilt uh, from the Princess Louise chapter where each of the members had done a square and put their name in the square. And so she found it and it had DBE on it. So she didn't know what it was, but she picked it up and brought it back to, the, to our national board meeting. And then we were looking at it and going like, oh my gosh, this is fascinating because their signature, some of them um, did it in, um, I mean, it was um, stitch, but you know, they did it in cursive and some of them did it block letters and, and all this things. So we gave it back to, or sent it to the state of New York, DBE. The chapter didn't exist anymore, but it was part of their history. But I mean, small world <laughs> that she mm. would be at the Camden That's Such market. a cool piece of history, and too. that up and the history and everything else. But anyway, so that's that's who Princess Louise was, if you didn't know. Well, my story is completely different. Um, I'm talking about the teapot rather than the tea service. Uh, a few years back, I got a phone call from someone who lived in the United States. And they were in touch with the Yorkshire Tea Company out of England in Yorkshire. And as a promotion to all the British that lived overseas, they wanted to see how they still made tea. Do they still make tea and drink tea? And so they took, they did a raffle kind of thing amongst their factory. It wasn't any of the big wigs. It was someone who knew how to take a van apart and put it back together again. It was someone who was good on the computer. It was a tea taster, an official tea taster. And then a bunch of young girls who came from anywhere in that factory, they wanted their whole crowd to have a chance to come and say, we work for Yorkshire Tea and how good it is. So they were coming to America and Florida was one of their destinations. And so they'd seen that there was a Daughters of the British Empire in Florida and they called me, I was state president at the time, and they said, can we come to your house and show you how to make a cup of tea? Well, I said, you can come to my house. I know how to make a cup of tea, but I'm willing to have the people there and show other people too. So they turned up and into the driveway and they'd come from California with the van in pieces. And when they got to California, the guy who came who knew how to put it together again, put it all together. And so up they rolled in my driveway and it was just a regular panel van but it was completely covered with the Yorkshire Dales. It was so pretty to look at. And in they came and they marched up the stairs and brought all their gear with them. And I'd got some people from my chapter and some people from the um, chapter down in Sarasota. So we're all sitting there. So she said to me, okay, let's make a pot of tea. And she produces this huge, big, orange pot that's nothing pretty to look at at all. It's just a plain old orange teapot with Yorkshire tea written on it and gives it to me. So I'm boiling the water in a kettle. I have an electric kettle. I'm boiling the water, warming the pot, <laughs> putting some of these tea bags in that she hands to me and I'm making the tea. And of course she had me put more tea in than I would normally have put. They obviously like it strong. I mean, I do, 
and one for the pot bit. But I mean, you know, she put more tea in to start off with. So we made tea and I had little cookies and cakes and things to hand out with them. And the, the young tech guy is sitting in my office in this chair over here. And he's downloading and uploading things because apparently the Wi-Fi at the hotel wasn't that good. And, and all the young girls are sitting around him. And we made this tea. And, and that was it. You know, who, how much do you drink? And I'm not a tea drinker. <laughs> um, I never have been very fond of it. My father used to like waking me up at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning on a weekend with a cup of tea. And it's like, no, thank you. And then when I was pregnant, that was the first indication to me that I was pregnant because I threw up on it straight away. Um, so over the years, I prefer coffee, but I'll have a cup of tea now and again. And so, so we made this tea, we showed it to everybody. They all oohed and aahed and off they went. They were making their way from Florida all the way through to New York and then going home from there with ideas of hitting Caribbean yeah. Island oh, yeah. the next time Absolutely. they went out. So I don't know if they still go on these long treks or if they've made their name worthy enough now i see the yorkshire tea boxes next to the other tea boxes in the grocery store so i guess they're doing okay um they left me with a huge big box a huge big box of tea and this orange teapot which i still have hillary was there i think she got a tablecloth and some tea i mean we made out like bandits after they left they left all their bits and pieces with us um but that's my english teapot from the yorkshire tea company and that's how i came about it uh, Yorkshire tea is my favorite, but <laughs> it's, it's comparable in price, I think, to Tetley and Lipton. I don't think I've ever had Yorkshire tea. I see it in the grocery stores. I'm a Thai foo and a PG tip kind of a girl, but I grew, I grew up on Lipton, so there you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> there's one of my British friends here drinks the Red Rose tea bag. She thinks they're wonderful. Oh. I like and it's an American, too. but it is. But, you know, I used to use loose tea, of course, with the tea strainer, but um, I've got out of that now. Too fiddly. Too fiddly, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I know that's the proper way to do it, but I prefer the tea bag. <laughs> no, I, I, I do, yeah. But my mother always made tea with loose tea, so. Right, you probably have to go to the specialty store to get the loose tea anymore. Mm. Mm. I don't think it's a regular supermarket, is it? They're just tea bags there. Well, as I, said, I haven't looked because I'm not a tea drinker, so I've got tea bags in my house. But Iris, I, you're not supposed to say that on this podcast. <laughs> That's all right. I'm British okay. of you. We'll leave it there today before any more of our dirty secrets come out. I did get curious about the Yorkshire Tea Road Trip, and I found a Yorkshire Post article. The converted ice cream van was known as the Little Urn, and the team of 11 called themselves the Brew Crew, all from Betty's and Taylor's of Harrogate, and their mission, as Iris said, was to bring the simple pleasure of a proper brew to the American people. As for Mrs. Ferguson's tea set, if you are a World War II history buff, this book would make a great addition to your library, though I suggest you look for it secondhand. And if you've ever found a piece of DBE history at a market or thrift shop, like the Princess Louise Chapters Blanket, we'd love to hear about it. Again, you can send us an email to podcast at dbenational.org. If you're just stumbling upon the DBE for the first time and you'd like more information about our organization or how to join, you can find us online at dbenational.org. I'd like to thank Iris, Diane, and Rilla for joining me. 
And until next time, not ourselves, but the cool. cool.